like they want to know like are they the only person that had the they walked into the the woods and they found the old box of porn in there over there like they wouldn't they yeah. wouldn't <laughs> they would before like, am I, is there a relatable situation here i'm happy that you know we're talking about finding a box of porn in the woods i haven't talked about that in 20 years because it's so weird <laughs> <laughs> but you just made 20 years of my life make you just you, you closed the gap yes that, you know what i mean right. <laughs> i was like there's only one person i told about that and he was like get the hell out of here i mean of course i went back again i'm sure he took the porn because i didn't see it anymore <laughs> but how can you create a transformation in others if there's no transformation in in yourself join your host greg favaza as your voice on the hard truths of leadership, your transformation station, connecting clarity, connecting clarity to the cutting edge of leadership. As millennials, we can establish change, not only ourselves, but through organizational change, bringing transparency that goes beyond the organization and reflects back into ourselves, extracting, extracting actionable advice and alternative perspectives. That will take you outside of yourself. Hey, Vernon, can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me okay? Sir, how are you doing today? I'm great, man. Thank you um, for, you know, meeting me the day after, you know, a holiday. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. I got company downstairs. They might be a little loud, so I'm trying to keep them down to a minimum. So I do apologize <laughs> if they seep into the background. No, you're good. This is just a pre-call, 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 right? Yes, sir. Okay. First off, how can I help you? And secondly, I appreciate you for down. I probably had this backwards. I appreciate you for downloading the podcast and listening to the show. And secondly, how can I help you? Well, one, you know, it's the content that you have, you know, so I appreciate you taking the time. I recognize how difficult, how challenging it is, you know, to kick something off like this, to do this and be consistent with it. So, you know, I definitely going to thank you. I think um, us just having a really good time together, throwing out some great energy, giving people a lot of good information to act on. That's how you can help. Yes, sir. Well, what, what could you bring to the show that has a unique perspective? It's about doubling down on your efforts. It's about getting people to finish. <clears throat> Let me just backtrack. I think um, back in February, um, I know we had just so many different things going on with my family in terms of moving. We went from Richmond to Tennessee. And when this, you know, hell pandemic, and not trying to make it negative, but being, you know, real, kicked in, I immediately said, what's your happy has got to double down. I was like, I, I can't just sit here and just wait, for, you know, for the uncertainty to take me over. So I doubled down. And that's why I made every single client do because I was doing it, right? And it was just, I saw it. And I thought it was like second nature to me, but everybody hasn't been doing that. It's not just about business. It's just about people in their personal lives. There's no reason for people not to be working on themselves in some way, shape or form right now. So it's about getting people unstuck to get people, you know, you know, out of the, I wouldn't say paralysis, but the half stepping that people are doing right now. Yeah. Like look at this, we're looking at where last, you know, a couple of days of November and we're thinking about New Year's. I'm like, no, 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 no. We need to talk about right now, right? Yeah. Like, don't wait to January 1 to do this. So it's getting people revved up, getting fired up, but in actionable ways. Telling people to clap their hands and stomp their feet and be happy. They don't connect with that, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, 
Yeah, it's just about getting people motivated, getting them excited, getting people like, okay, I'm excited now. What do I do? Do this. This is where you start, and this is how you keep that momentum going. So it's yeah. I like what you said there as far as getting them started, but also keeping them going because they'll take a podcast, they'll take a, a a speech, and they'll get that temporary high. And mm-hmm. afterwards, what do they do with it? They Well, they do the first thing that they do is they'll jump on their phone. They'll interact with the people in their lives that are bringing them down or that aren't helping them. And they give that energy to other people and then mm-hmm. they themselves and then they're back where they were within one week and then they look at the self-help world like it's garbage well we can say that but the reality is what are you doing with this valuable information when it's given to you you're not implementing it you're not acting on it and that's very important and i can't wait for you to hear these next two episodes that i'm trying to release where uh his name's john Beatty. he climbed every single tallest mountain in the world. It's called the, the the mountaineering mountaineering challenge, where you peak the seven tallest summits across the globe, and he gives us all his hard learned information. He interviews the greatest of the greatest, um, from army rangers to different people that are very successful at what they do. And he puts it in his book, and it's an amazing book. It's called The Warrior Challenge, and it's full on uh, kids from ages 12 to 18. But holy shit, like that, it resonated with me because there was stuff that I never even learned that I should have known as a young adult becoming a man. And that's for men. It's also for women as well that you can learn these things. And he's on the right track, and I, it's a great interview, so I can't wait to get that out. <clears throat> but uh, those little things that slip through the gaps of what we don't know about ourselves and we're what, – what, what would you call it? It's – um, what is it called? My mind's kind of on other things right now. <laughs> no, 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 I got you. It sounds exciting. It's it's a really exciting interview because him and I clicked. So we really we open up the context and we go very in depth on how to get people to implement and call to action, not only in themselves, but in the people around them. Mm. And it's maintaining that is the difficulty is keeping people consistent. Yep. And I'm I'm, I'm struggling because I'm trying to get an episode out every two weeks and it's just difficult when i'm doing all this by myself so i definitely I imagine yeah you you just said something you know that really you know hits is people don't talk about the consistent effort success brings like i think they talk about it in a context like oh yeah it's hard no like you know you got kids you got this mother-in-law father-in-law all these things going on you got life competing with you right but to not to put people down, but to let people know, like, it takes intention every single day. And relating what we were talking about is it's great to give people a treasure map, but you got to keep people encouraged to keep digging, right? Yes. And I think that's what I know. You know, I'm doing this for seven years now, and I know that's where people get stuck. It's not the sometimes, it's not the, just the, the ideas, it's that consistent implementation. It will it, it, wear you out, but you got to find your ways to, to have fun with it. And I don't see enough people talking about having fun. Yes. And 
we touched on something back to the John Beatty episode, something that I've been trying to get out for a while. And it's so hard to just come out and ex- and just say it because you got to have the right conversation with somebody who's on your level and you meet in the middle with the right context. And it went like when we were, when I was in the military, you have this intuitive understanding with another soldier that you can rely on them because they hold themselves accountable, not just at their job, but in their personal lives. Mm-hmm. They don't, they're not the kind of person that's going to throw another dish on top of the pile of dishes. They're going to do all the dishes the night before, before they go to bed, when they wake up, they're going to make their bed. They're going to, they're going to fucking floss their teeth. They're going to wash the bottom of their feet. They're going to do all those things. And in return, it's going to ripple out and, they're going to resonate from that internally and externally illustrate that in their actions, whether they're at their job or in their personal life, you can just get this intuitive feeling when you meet them. I see. Yeah. Which brings up a key thing too, that, you know, um, uh, that definitely will be coming up. It's the environment that you create, you know, like every relationship is part of your environment. And you've got to be around people. You've got to create an environment of, you know, accountability for sure. Um, an environment of perpetual progress, even if it's a little step, right? Because you mentioned like, oh, man, you don't throw another plate on there. But one person, you know, who keeps the dishes out of the sink in general, it might not be the whole kitchen might not be clean. But, if you know, you're making progress to keep it clean, right? You're making progress to washing the dishes, sweeping the floor, just kind of moving forward with that theme. But your environment is indicative. I shouldn't say indicative. It's part of progress. It's a part of that motivation. It's a part of that energy. Like it's hard, you know, being in the, like, you know, with the military, it's, you don't want to let people down, you know, you'll let yourself down. You don't want to let other people down. Exactly. But when you create an environment where people like, oh God, I'm so tired. I don't want to do this. I don't want to get this out two weeks. But when you got that environment, people like, you better get it out of here. Yes. You know what I mean? Like you're going to do it. You will. Well, I'll stay up for like 48 hours straight to do wow. it. But then it kind of, you have to make that decision where it just, you fuck yourself on the back end because you got to recover after staying up for that long. And that takes two to three days. And that is the biggest. And then I fall off my routine. Then it's like, now I feel like I'm hypocritical. I shouldn't be telling anybody shit if I'm not practicing what I'm preaching. So then I was like, all right, back on the routine. Now I feel confident in what I'm saying. But when I make that fucking mistake, it's like, so it's like, I just got to come clean. I can't, I can't. It's like, if I'm fucking up, I'll tell everybody I'm fucking up right now because now it, 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 I feel like I can relate with people more because I was the guy on the other side of the fence where I can be like, I don't know why it's so hard. You just do this, this, and this and live your day. But now I'm on the other side where it's fucking hard to do. Like if you're down to a science, like it's hard to do. (laughs) But this is the realness of it. That's what I love what I was listening to. Like you talk about that. You fuck up, you know, like people don't say that. It's like, (laughs) everyone makes it seem like every day I want to go to the gym and I want to take care of, you know, my kids not driving me crazy. Like if people, People don't talk about it. like, look, sometimes you fuck up. Sometimes you get off track. Sometimes you get yourself into like these uh, a tizzy. And it's not that 
it doesn't happen, you just you tend not to stay there too long. You know what I mean? But yeah. if you've not done that before, it's like, all right, what am I going to do different? You know, you still kind of beat yourself up to some degree. I'm not saying, you you know, it's self-loathing, but you, you beat yourself up to some degree. But then you're just like, all right, let me not do this again. But I love that because I remember when I first started out, like in this, you got to do, do it for yourself world in, in this type of environment. It's like everybody was only talking about how well they were doing. I'm like, what is wrong with me? You know, like, oh, man, I'm not perfect. What the hell is wrong? But then the more I would talk with people off the air or off script, they were like, man, look, let me tell you, I was here, but I was really in a bad place. I'm like, I didn't know that, you know? Yes. I think people need to be more revealing about, you know, I, we went from, you know, I was traveling all across the country and my son's in school and I have a five-year-old and he's getting ready to do his first year of uh, kindergarten. I'm trying not to say it too loud because, you know, he was really excited about kindergarten. Uh, <laughs> I'm at home 24-7. He's with me, Right. And it's like, dude, that was hard as hell. I thought it was hard. No, that was hard. Speaking at conferences, working with clients and growing, like with, com- like with everything, dude, I was losing it. I'm like, the happy guy can't lose it. You know what I mean? So that became like a guilt trip in itself for me. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I mean, of course we figured it out. We got through things, but it's like, we, we need to talk about the reality of reality, but in a positive way. You know, like, man, look, I had to, you know, I was going through it. What did I do? I called people. I talked about it, not in a way like what's wrong, but let me hear, let me tell you everything that's going on. Do you see any options that I don't see so I can get through this better? You know what I mean? But people now are looking for not just self-help, but relatability. And then from relatability, action steps so they can get themselves up. Exactly. And, and also not to feel so isolated. Like they, like they want to know, like, are they the only person that had the, they walked into the the woods and they found the old box of porn in there, over there. Like they wouldn't, they (laughs) they wouldn't. Is there a relatable situation here or? Yeah. Yeah. Look, what's, you know, it's such a welcoming feeling when you're like, I'm not the only one. Right. Yes. You're like, because you even you just did to me just now. I'm like, he probably saw me that day. Well, I wonder if it was his porn, you know? Because I'm like, man. <laughs> and then, <laughs> but it's like we're all are we're figuring it out. We are. And I just I'm all about keeping it positive, not you know lying about it, but keeping it positive in a funny way. Because I can make anything funny. It's one of my superpowers, you know. Like anybody else, like, oh, God, I found a box of porn. It's probably some chronic masturbator running around here. You know what I mean? It's like, watch your hands. You know, I can, I will make anything funny. So that's why, like, I'll talk about some serious life stuff. But it's funny as hell. Yes. <laughs> because you got to find levity in situations. I'm not trying to say things going on right now aren't tragic. Don't get me wrong. But we can make it fun, you know? Exactly. We can make it exciting. We can make the fuck up that you have for three to four days because you weren't doing anything. You got to catch up in two days. Mm-hmm. You got you to make that fun. Exactly. Otherwise, like, why are you living? I mean, like, what it what is the point of doing what you're doing? If it's not fun, I've realized that I don't want to do it. That's my role. If, it's, if I'm not having fun, I won't do it. I will not. Mm-hmm. I am at the stage of my life where... I'm raising a young man and he is learning not by what I say, but what I do. Right. And it's challenged me, especially during this pandemic, because go happy and, you know, be this and be that. And he sees daddy losing it. And I'm like, you need to keep this together so he can learn what to do during hard times. Not by what you say, it's what you do. 
but it's just like you got to dance with life. And I really think a large time, a lot of people in private, and I say this just from talking to so many people, I mean, just like yourself, people have forgotten how to dance. When life pushes you, you push back. And then you start getting in rhythm. And the next thing you know, y'all are doing the Macarena together. You don't even know how you got there. <laughs> I mean, I, mean I'm, I say it that way, but it's the truth. It's just like, yeah, it's just the way that you, that's the way I was raised. Like we had it hard. We were homeless. Like, how can you make homeless fun? We did it, right? So when things get tough now, it doesn't even, like I said, it doesn't bother me. And I don't have my tough times and tough days, but it really ain't as bad as it could be. But we we got to dance. You have to dance with it. Life doesn't get any easier and you don't want it to. That's when you miss out on the best, biggest lessons. And life is lived in, in reverse, right? Because you get the test first and then you get the lesson. And once you get the lesson, you're like, now it makes sense. And you connect the dots. And I think we need more now it makes sense conversation. Yes. Look at us. Like, would we have the camera? Would we even be talking now had this not happened? That's a lesson in itself. I'm happy that we're connected, right? Me too. Yes. You know, I'm happy that, you know, we're talking about kind of a box of porn in the woods. I haven't talked about that in 20 years because it's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> but you just made 20 years of my life. Make You just you, you closed the gap. Yes. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> I was like, there's only one person I told about that. And he was like, get the hell out of here. I mean, of course, I went back. Again. I'm sure he took the porn because I didn't see it anymore. <laughs> but, but it's just like, there's a lot of opportunities out there. And I think people need to see, like, we are going to get out of this. Um, even outside of COVID, just other things. There's a lot of divorce, a lot of drinking, a lot of just different things going on. Life stuff, right? They're not who you are. It's just things that are happening. But people need to see... Um, what growth looks like. And I never interrupt struggle that promotes growth ever. You know, you know, you say something you wish you had to said, you learned, right? Like you wish that, you know, everyone's blaming COVID. COVID didn't stop anybody from saving from two years ago. All COVID did was expose a lot of things that were going to happen eventually. That's all it did. It's a, it's a great expediter. I call this the, the great reset, but it expedited things. And I think a lot of people are thinking an expedited failure. Failure, no, it expedited you adapting, flipping things around, and getting ahead. Yes. You know, COVID is you know it's a terrible thing. You know, even my dad, he's waiting to get back his COVID result. He thinks he's had it. it's horrible. It's scary. I'm so close now with my dad. Me and my dad talk every day. I'm even closer. It expedited things. But and you it, can make it work for you, or it can work against you. It's up to you. And it also kind of highlighted what people are really doing with their lives. Now, when they're actually at home, they actually are looking at themselves in the mirror and a lot of them don't like what they see. They don't. I think, you know, not to vilify social media, but it does play a part in this. I know back in January and December last year, every, well, this year and last year were saying, oh, I love my wife. I love my husband. I didn't see a lot of those during COVID. I didn't see a lot of that. So it let, not the, you know, pick on people, but to let people know, like, we got to be congruent with who we are. Are you talking about you love your spouse or are you showing and living that you love your spouse? So it, it, it there's a lot of congruency that's been called out and called out and challenged. But again, it's to make people better, not make them worse. Like, it's okay that you might not have been congruent or, you know, you had kind of had, um, a more stylized, you know, way of living. But what can we do to make that happen in reality? Wouldn't it be nice to live that? What can, what steps can we take? And those are the conversations I don't see a lot of people talking about. And if they are, they're not giving steps. And I think that's why the big thing, 
I want to talk about, um, we bring up is everything we talk about now is making it actionable. You can tell people to clap their hands, be happy. All right, clap your hands and stomp your feet. That, does, that doesn't help people. But when you tell people like, hey, let's look and talk about one, how we're relatable, two, how we have bad days, but three, this is what we do to make our bad day better. This is how we celebrate a bad day. What do you mean celebrating a bad time? Well, wouldn't, you, wouldn't it be nice to have a bad day and you could celebrate it? What does celebration mean? Like, there's just a lot of theory out there and I am, I'm, theory is antithetical to everything that I do. I, it's about action. I'm all about strategic action and great conversations that, you know, get people excited. I'm not a motivational speaker, but you get energized by the conversation because you're like, oh, oh, next thing you know, you're sitting upright. Mm-hmm. But dude, I mean, I went off on a rant. No, no, no. I love when people go off on that because that's passion. You're letting that leak out of you. And I just like to sit and absorb and listen. I think that's very important. I agree. I, I agree. Because, you know, I pay attention when I pay attention to what's in front of me. Right. Mm-hmm. So as even like you're taking me on journeys, you're telling me things I'm listening, which is a superpower. Um, yeah, I think um, we're going to have a great show. I think we're going to have a very great time together. Yes. No, I definitely agree. Um, so what do you do? Like, like what's your, give me a snapshot of your professional life and your personal life. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a happiness coach. And so what I will do is I typically work with entrepreneurs, executives, people who are kind of at the top of, um, like a better phrase for an now, food chain, um, to make smarter choices with uh, kind of on a vehicle of happiness where I start. Okay. Because when energy is low, kind of when happiness for me is energy. But when energy is low, concentration, focus, awareness gone. You start isolating yourself. Your communication skills will go down. Um, you won't be, be as quite as proficient as normal. And what generally happens with smart, capable people, you'll start using your chief asset against you. And my big, you know, thing is getting people to think. And we don't think enough. I think people talk a lot, but they don't think a lot. So oftentimes, I, mean, I mentioned I don't interrupt struggle, struggle that promotes growth. When you get people to think, it looks like they're hurting, right? They're like, oh, and I just sit there and I just get you to think. It's your thoughts. Your thoughts are powerful. Mm-hmm. And they're making sure that, you know, I don't judge. I don't, if you like it, then I love it. As long as you're not like slitting cats' throats in the backyard, you know what I mean? I'm not doing, that's a whole other conversation. But as long as you're like, you know, doing something that's, you know, profoundly odd, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to judge you. That's not my bag. But what it's about is creating a space where we can get some thoughts together, grow your business. And the big thing for me is you need to work in your personal life as well. Could I give you two ideas that can make you a millionaire? Yes. But what's the point if you're not a good person? How do you define good? That's why I practice is what's your happy. It's not my happy. It's your happy. There's no point in trying to be one in a yacht if you're going to be on it by yourself. There's, like, what is the point? You want to make sure that you're managing your, your, your relationships. You want to make sure that whoever you define yourself are, that you're congruent with that. Again, that's congruency based on you, not me. I don't tell you what to do. It's not my job. I might point some things out if you want to live a polyamorous life. That's up to you. Let me explain to you what you're, you know, look, can I walk you through or talk to you about a couple of things that you're, you know, unconsciously and consciously agreeing to. Just so you can make an educated decision. Again, it's not my judgment, but um, that's my story. That's a uh, personal, uh, professionally. It's been uh, seven years. I've worked with several thousand clients, and I'm also prior to COVID, I was doing a lot of speaking, traveling across the country, teaching happiness workshops. And right now, what's COVID's done for me is I teach a class called Own Your Happy, 
on your happiness is the full title, but it's about owning your happiness. We talk about boundaries. We talk about what boundaries look like. We talk about how to construct those. We talk about personal just power, knowing what you're amazing at and how to find those things out. Um, personally, I'm a nerd. I am the biggest nerd you will ever see in your life. I game whenever I get a freaking chance. I'm excited to play VR today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love Borderlands 3. I can't, I'm just, I'm just, I'm gaming all. Um, I've got a couple of clients today after that. I'm just gaming. I'm a dad, as I mentioned earlier, and it's just, dude, I just like to have fun. And I don't think people realize that when you're in that power place, you can be incredibly successful when you're thinking and figuring out how to implement and having fun and still be like, have a really good life. I think, I don't know. That's just my thing. Like I mentioned, if I'm not having fun, I don't do it. I refuse. I mean, I do have to go to the DMV occasionally, but (laughs) You know, ultimately, if I'm not having fun, I'm not doing it. I will not. Don't even ask me. Hey, man, you want to go out there and I don't know, just something that's boring. I'm like, no, that's silly. I'm a die one day. Why do I want to do that? <laughs> no, my dad gave 20 years to um, a, a job that fired him for theft, all because he turned down a woman's advances. And he sued them and he won. It took all his money. He sued them. He won. They'll pay for the rest of his life. My dad said, you will never do anything like this. My mom was a nurse for 25 years, gave everything, everything. And a person, a patient crushed her dominant hand. They terminated her. The HR way of terminating you. Oh, we're going to have you do a job that we know you can't do. And therefore, because you can't do it, we're going to let you go. They terminated her. And I saw these things when I was growing up. And I said, there's no point in doing all this stuff. If you're not doing it, you know, if you're not in control of it. No, I'm not going to teach my son. I could look over there because I see him. I'm not going to teach my son actions that like you can't be in control. There's no reason for you not to have fun with your life. Agreed. There's none. I'm not saying life is going to be all fun. But I will say that enough is enough, right? They told me I couldn't do this. It's been seven years. Now the people who said I couldn't do it are the ones trying to be my clients. What's a guy, what do you, what's a happiness coach? Ha, ha, ha. When COVID hit, like, I mean, it's almost, I wouldn't say shameful, but it's hard to say this, but COVID was the best thing that could have happened for me. But now, happiness, everyone's all about it. Yeah. And I'm like, I told you about this. You said I was stupid. Who's laughing now? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like I mean it sounds like I'm being mean. But I'm just saying like no, I saw this coming. I saw not this coming, but I saw like happiness important. It's collateral. I mean it's um it's everything, and happiness is getting from his energy. How can I be better? But that's my story. I really like that transparency. What you highlighted with your parents, them giving x amount of years of their lives for this job and they were just tossed away like garbage i don't like that that but i like what you put you highlighted that is something very important people need to understand that they are worth more than what other places see you as just a body i hated that when i was in the military that's all they saw me as nothing but a fucking body when you because once you're fucking dead, somebody will come right in there. They'll take your place. Absolutely. And that is very important. And I think that will be the come to Jesus kind of fucking moment that makes people realize, am I doing 
what truly makes me happy. Because if I'm not happy, do you think my fucking family's happy? Me providing for these people? Mm -hmm. Because you're bringing that shit home. And then they got to put up with you and they're going to do their very best because they love you and they support you. But you don't get it because you're in your fucking head because you're doing a job that you hate and then you're coming home and then they're fucking loud and you want to just go off on a tangent because they won't put their damn dishes away because it's on the table. It's like, how many times I got to fucking tell you? Just put the goddamn dishes <laughs> Right, right. No, I think that's very important. And then a happiness coach, that is that is very unique. I never heard of that. And that a lot. you brought up amazing context that is not spoken about. And I feel like that is perfect for your transformation station. I feel like we could really get into an in-depth conversation that will spark some lives. Absolutely. It's, I will always be real. I will never come up and hide stuff. I'm like, I'm just big on, you know, I used to be ashamed that we were homeless. I would be ashamed of so many things. I didn't talk about it. But when I started talking about it, when I got older, people were like, well, that was me too. And I'm like, where the hell were you at when I needed you? You know, I wanted to talk about this, but how would they know I didn't talk about it? And I just, you, you just, just speak on it. It's things that happens in life. You know, I don't say those things like, oh man, my dad got, you know, fired, my mom had her hand crushed. I don't say it in like a negative way. They're alive, they're here, but I learned. Those are lessons, right? Yes. So I think a big thing is you don't want to be, I don't want to be ashamed of the education that I got through bad experiences. That was very well put. Like, so when people say like, you know, because people tell me like, oh, you just say it. Yes. It's part of life. It's okay. You know, I'd be telling you, it'd be a different story if I told, I mean, just, just be real. That's how I am. I'm always be real. You will always know if I like you or don't. You, you, I can't hide it. It's impossible for me to hide it. I don't want to hide it. But I think it's important to let people know uh, because there's so much inauthentic behavior and activities going on right now. People are confused. People, when they meet me, they always say, like, you're very real. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, how do you do it? Just talk. Who cares? If they don't like you, they don't like you. If they don't like you, it's probably because they don't know anything about you or you're too real for them. Don't worry about it. You're going to be okay. You know who you are. And when you know who you are, I think it also helps where you can sit in any circumstance because it doesn't bother you. Like, you know who you are. It doesn't bother me. Exactly. Except when you go home for the holidays and you have to tell yourself to meet your parents' expectations because when you're too real, then they freak out and then they think that you're being insulting and then they start yelling and you're like, why are you yelling at me? I'm just telling you. And just, Were you here last night? Because I think you just scripted that. <laughs> you literally just brought up my last night conversation. <laughs> It's, you know, our, our families always see us in these snapshots, right? Like to everybody else, I'm Bernie, to everybody else. But everyone in my family, it's like, I'm Bernie. You know, I'm still that 12-year-old kid. No one dare call me Bernie now. I mean, but they always see you as that person. If you act any, if you have behavior in the difference in the construct that they have, and we need those, it's like automatically they just try to tell you who you are. And I love them for that, you know, because it just reminds you like, hey, I'm Bernie. Who is Bernie? <laughs> you know? <laughs> but um, 
you know, I think uh, even what you just said, though, there's a lot of people now who bought into this nuclear family concept. Like that everyone's supposed to get along and everyone's supposed to be happy. Like that's not the case. Mm -mm. There's sometimes that, you know, I don't, there's some people that you need to love them with a long handled spoon. Yes. And it's okay that they're not in your life, but I'm happy that they have life. Right. Because that's an energy and interest thing. You have the energy to manage that relationship. If the answer is no, then we need to figure out some ways to create some distance. So it can be safe for both of y'all. Right. Something that I still struggle with to this day is during my younger days, I suffered a trauma through a sibling mm -hmm. and it was a sexual trauma. Mm -hmm. The problem is the sibling still is there. He hasn't moved away. He still lives with my parents and he's like 35, 37, just a wow. big man child that's still there. So when I, I had to make the choice to either see my parents or not see them. And if I see them, that person's still there. So wow. every time I go there, always something, there's always something. Now I have to make the choice where how my parents did, they swept under the rug, just moved forward. I do the same thing or I remove them out of my life completely. And at that point, I'm ready to make that decision where I don't need them because if they don't understand how important that is, the progress that I came from where I was to who I am now, then they're never going to understand, which we both know they're never going to understand. I have to remove them. And that's I'm so appreciative for you sharing that with me. And thank you so much for that. I know a lot of people struggle with that. Mm-hmm. That is, it's very difficult because we feel like we have to make it work because they are my parents or that is my sibling. Fuck no. You don't have to sacrifice your well-being, your happiness because they're the same blood as you. No way. It doesn't work like that. When I was younger, I had, um, I just saw a lot of things that children should never see. And one of those things I see in my mom being um, raped and my sister. And terrible things followed, you know, in terms of how I was treated because of that. <clears throat> and do I have a strange relationship with my mother and sister now? Absolutely. Um, it changed them, right? And I understand why. And I think it's when I set out in this world to be who I am today, I said that I'm going to find a family who doesn't look like me, doesn't have my same blood. And my friends are my family now. It's because as long as you love each other, you care for each other, you want each other to be successful, how is that not family? Exactly. You know, this, you know, I, like when I'm thinking of a really close friend of mine, he's not my brother, but he is my brother. You know, she's not my sister, but she is my sister. You know, my, my parents are Native, my mom's Native American, my dad's um, African American. But you know what? I have a Caucasian mom and dad, number one and two is what I call them. And so for me, family is about the people you have in your life who matter and fuck anybody else Agreed. who doesn't bring anything to the table in terms of loving me and caring for me and worrying about my concerns. And I'd have to do that. I'm not telling everybody to, you know, to go out and, you know, say fuck your family, but I'm saying it's sometimes it's safe. Sometimes you need to do that. And that's okay. 
Agreed. No, I appreciate you sharing that to me as well. You're welcome. I didn't expect this conversation to take this turn like that. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's real though, right? Like we don't, we sent 200 characters to each other, right? Over a message. And look what it created. Just because we're just talking, we're not judging one another. Mm -mm. We're dancing with life. This is how you dance with life. We're learning from one another. Like, oh, wow, we came from two different backgrounds, but we have so many things in common. People don't do this. It's not about talking about what's wrong. It's like, hey, these have been my experiences, and that's how I became better. So as you're talking about things, I'm like, huh, that's a really good way of looking at it. Look who you became in spite of versus you didn't become your struggle like so many people are proud of. I'm not going to tell people I'm a whatever survivor. No, I'm not. I'm a human being who had some things happen to him along the way. Look who the hell he became. Look at you. Like, I mean, I'm serious. This is the beauty of life that people aren't like celebrating. Yes. Day after Thanksgiving, man, I feel better than what I did yesterday. Other than, you know, some good food, but (laughs) life is amazing, but you got to make it. You gotta make it. You can't become your struggle. I know it's tough. I know I haven't experienced everything that you experience. I haven't experienced other things that other people haven't experienced, but I do know once you get on the other side of things that you have, you recognize the gift of long suffering. And it's a gift. Because when you can sit back and you can talk about things without any, you know, emotional convictions, you feel it, but it's not who you are. And you can talk about it in a way that, hey, this is who I became in spite of. I mean, I can't stress that phrase enough you recognize that this life is whatever you make it, whatever you decide to make it and who you surround yourself through with. And so once you get through it, it will make you a better person. Not invincible, but tougher. Not invincible or to forget about it, but you don't need to be, it's never good to think about what happened if it's not gonna help you become a better person. Agreed. No, I like this. Verdant, I do appreciate you very much for reaching out. I appreciate it as well. And thank you. Thank you, sir. We'll be in touch. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. You've been listening to your transformation station, your voice on the hard truths of leadership. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information. Make sure to like, rate, and review the show. Remember, your transformation station is on all major platforms, including Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, TikTok, and YouTube at YTS The Podcast. And visit the website at ytsthepodcast.com. Till next time.